Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. And in this session, we're going to be chatting with someone who's no stranger to podcasts and webinars. He's the host of the Reinvention Radio Show. He runs a, an event called the New Media Summit, which is actually coming up. And he's got loads of different training programs. One in particular is for business owners to help them raise their profile by becoming guests on other people's podcasts. So he knows this process better than anyone. He's also the author of the New York Times bestselling book, What Is Your What?, which aims to help others find out what is the one thing that they're amazing at doing that they were born to do so that way they can really focus on in on their sort of unique ability. As a 25-year entrepreneur, he's the chairman and founder of Liquor.com, which is an awesome domain name in its own, and he's very much a man in demand. So it's with great pleasure that I get to introduce Steve Ulsher to the summit. Steve, thanks for making the time. I appreciate you having me here. Perfect. And I know today Steve's going to share his system, Profiting from Podcasts. And there's a lot for us to cover. So maybe to start, the first thing I'll get Steve to do, Steve, if you want to just tell us a little bit about the problem that this particular system aims to solve for business owners, and then we can go through that step by step. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the core problem for most business owners is they just don't have enough visibility. And you probably know as well as anyone that if you don't have enough visibility, I mean, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next month, or maybe even next year. But at some point, if you run out of visibility, you run out of leads, you run out of leads, you run out of conversations, you run out of conversations, you run out of customers. So at that point, you run yourself out of business, right? So that's really what we're talking about here in terms of the core problem that this system solves is it helps people not only gain that meaningful visibility, but also one of the things that we are truly exceptional at is helping people monetize every visibility opportunity. Because I do believe that when done correctly, we all have the ability to turn visibility into revenue. And, and that's how it should be looked at. Mm. And the, the way to get the visibility, because you're a master at the podcast side of things. So the and you've probably tried a lot of different channels to try and get visibility as a business owner and for business. Oh, yeah. Is there any particular reason or, or, or why you feel like podcast seems to connect so well with the audience? For a lot of reasons. And yeah, I mean, I've actually been online since 1993 when we launched on CompuServe's electronic malls. So I've, I've, I've been online for a long time and invested millions, tens of millions of dollars over the years in terms of testing darn near every marketing and visibility strategy known to humankind. So why am I so bullish on podcasting as opposed to AdWords or buying keywords or video or any of those other types of channels? I mean, first and foremost, we have our own shows. So we walk the talk in terms of we've been doing podcasting since 2009. And so for the last better part of the last decade, you know, of course, we have our own shows as well. But even just being a, a guest on a show, you're really hard pressed to find a better ROI than showing up for an hour sharing your brilliance and letting that other company, team, promotion, group, whatever it is, and show you're appearing on, take care of 
everything else. I mean, really, when you come right down to it, it's kind of their job to make you famous. You know, yeah. it's, it's really their job to get as many people as possible to listen to that show, listen to your parents, listen to your episode. And on top of that, you know, outside of your time, and you can value your time however you like, but outside of your time, it doesn't cost you anything to appear on that show. So if somebody tries to charge you to appear on that show, I mean, you want to run quickly in the other direction, in my humble opinion. So in other words, you know, just breaking it down dollar for dollar, every lead that comes in as a result of that appearance, that um, hopefully, in short order anyway, turns into revenue for you, the cost to generate that revenue is pretty much zero. So it's, it's just really hard to beat that ROI. Yeah. And what I love about it is the lifetime value. Like you record it once and then it gets reshared and listened to many, many, many times. So it's like a little investment that you're making into your marketing that, that grows and builds. So from a sort of step-by-step process, if we're thinking about the business owner, thinking about getting them some more visibility, what, how do you take people through getting on these podcasts? Because there are just so many out there, it's hard to know where to start. Yeah. So um, let me back up for two seconds. So in terms of, and your point is well taken, and so far as the show kind of living on in perpetuity, we actually have a term for that that we call the echo effect. And yeah. the, the echo effect is really all about the fact that you can appear on a show once and that show lives on and is accessible really for years to come, right? And so if, some, if you go on traditional television or traditional broadcast media, radio, et cetera, you know, somebody's not tuned in at that particular moment in time. They don't hear you. They don't see you. You don't get the benefit of that appearance. Whereas with podcasting, it's a little bit like binge watching something on television. Once people find a new show, they don't typically just listen to the current episode and nothing else. Yeah. They usually listen to the current episode. And then if they decide they like it, they go back to some of the earlier episodes, even going as far back as the beginning. And so, as you said, it, it does live on in perpetuity. So thank you for bringing that up. I mean, the, the echo effect is real. And, and, and you're right, the ROI on that is, is exponential. So that's that piece of the puzzle. I mean, as far as what to do to get booked on shows, in my way of thinking, it really just boils down to one word, and that's relationships. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can you could try to get booked on shows if you don't know the host or the producer, and you can send them a cold email pitch, and you can maybe go through a friend or something to try to get booked. But the God's honest truth is that if that podcaster has the choice between person A who talks about a particular subject and person B who talks about that same subject, if they know person A and they don't know person B, I mean, they're going to they're gonna put person A on all day long. There's just, you, you can't argue that's just human nature. So that is one of the most important steps that few people are willing to take which is getting onto the radar of those whose shows you want to appear on and developing real relationships with them. kind of feel like that first step, and you kind of hinted at it right at the end there as well, is the shows you want to get on. If we think about that as kind of that first step, how do you go about finding audiences or podcasts that are going to be you know, a good fit for your business and the message that you've got to share? Yeah. I mean, the hope is you actually listen to podcasts, right? I mean, that's, that's really step one is you wouldn't want to pitch a show that you've never listened to. 
So step one is you got to listen to some shows. Yeah, and you can go to your favorite distribution channel, whatever it might be, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Overcast, I mean, whatever, Anchor, it doesn't matter where you go. You just got to start listening to shows, right? Because number one, that's going to tell you whether or not you actually like the show and whether or not it's a show that you would want your mom to listen to in terms of, hey, this is a show I'm proud of being on and I want you to check this out too, right? So you got to actually make sure you like the show, you like the host. You know, Reinvention Radio is one of our shows and uh, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You know, some people like me, some people don't. It is what it is. So um, you got to first listen, right? Make sure you actually like the show. The second thing is you got to be really clear on whether or not they do interviews. You know, nothing, nothing will make you look dumber than pitching a, a show to say, hey, I'd love to be a guest on your show and they don't even do interviews. And, you know, believe it or not, there's a lot of shows that don't do interviews, you know, there's many different styles of podcasts, and quite a number of those are not interview-based. So listen to the shows, make sure you like the shows, find out whether or not they do interviews, and read the ratings, read the reviews, see what people have to say about the shows, and do some research online. But it really just starts, honestly, man, with you, you, you've got to listen. Why should I put you on a show if you don't listen to podcasts? You're not going to understand how to talk in sound bites. You're not going to understand uh, the flow of the show. You're not going to understand the medium. You're probably going to make for a pretty crappy guest. Yeah. yeah. When it comes down to the way that you teach it, let's say in profiting by podcast, is that, are you capturing some of this information or suggesting they do it on a spreadsheet or something, or is it a little bit more organic than that? Just listen and, and make some notes. Is that part of the process? I mean, it is without being too blatantly promotional here. One of the things that we give away is something called the Ultimate Directory of Podcasters. So we've actually done all the work in terms of gathering these top shows by category and breaking down what they are and what they talk about and, and you know, even go so far as to give you the email address of the people who create those shows. But outside of the, of the directory, yeah, I mean, you got to certainly keep track of, of these shows, maybe keep a Google Doc or something of that nature and figure out what's most important to you. And you mentioned my book, What Is Your What? I mean, we can go to Simon Sinek's work and talk about your why and, you know, really, really have clarity around the why of why you want to appear on shows and, and specifically why you want to appear on, on a show that you want to pitch. Yeah. So I suppose getting very clear on that target, understanding or, or that, that podcast, understanding as much about them as you can, going, yep, this is a good fit. Yes, they take guests potentially logging some of this information. And then I'm imagining that next step then, is it some form of engagement or outreach or trying to participate in the show? What's sort of that next stage? Yeah, you know, I think that most people will then jump the gun and they'll just try to send out a cold email pitch or they'll work to create a, a beautiful media one sheet and, and they'll just send it over to them and, and expect for them to say, yeah. And it's funny, so in the, in the first five pages of the, uh, the Ultimate Directory, we actually spend the majority of the time telling people not to pitch anyone in the directory. <laughs> so it's, you're not ready. And why aren't you ready? Well, you're not ready because they don't know who you are. And so reality is if the podcast or the producer doesn't know who you are, you're not on their radar in any sort of meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, unless you are already a household name, it's going to be pretty tough for them to say yes. And... Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, like with our show, Reinvention Radio, or our other show, Beyond Eight Figures, we broadcast and record one episode per week. So, and we take a couple of weeks off here, there, there, you know, right? So 
maybe we'll do 45 episodes in a year. Yeah. And we've got certain folks that we want to bring on. So it leaves room for a handful of others. So maybe we bring, you know, 15 people on that aren't on our hit list of people that we want to have on our show. Well, we get about 100 pitches a month. So we got 1,200 people pitching, basically just using round numbers here, vying for, let's say, 15 available slots. Mm. Yeah, those odds do not work in your favor, right? So you got to do everything that you can do to increase your, your chances of, of them saying yes, of us saying yes, right? So what do you got to do? And a lot of it, as I said, really boils down to getting on our radar and having uh, an actual relationship with us. Yeah, yeah. There's probably numerous ways to do that. Everything, a good way to start might be through some social media channels or it depends on the podcast, depends how that person is engaging. I'm assuming it's joining the conversation to start with, just what are they talking about and how can you potentially help them or, or participate in what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, that would certainly be one of the more inexpensive ways of trying to get your foot in the door, for sure. And and uh, again, not trying to be blatantly promotional here, but we've got a, a book called 17 proven ways to develop real relationships with influencers. And that is one of the ways. So you can certainly go on to social media. Believe it or not, we read our tweets and retweets and comments and these sort of things. You know, no matter how big you get, most of those people still read that stuff. I mean, all you got to do is look at the president of the United States. I mean, he's reading every tweet, right? So the honest truth is that stuff can get someone's attention. Will that get you booked on their show? Maybe, just depends on how much value add you bring to their audience versus how blatantly promotional you are about wanting to be on their show. But, but yeah, that is actually one of the techniques that we teach, sure. Yeah, so if we think in terms of then, you know, making that list and then that next step, capturing their attention, are there any particular methods where you're like, oh, this is one that, that we prefer or is quite a strong or unique way to approach it? Yeah, I mean, look, we're in a unique, what's the best way to put it? With Reinvention Radio and Beyond Eight Figures and a lot of the podcasters who I know and appreciate and love and, and highly recommend their shows for, you know, we're, we're in a little bit of a, of a different set of circumstances here because we prioritize the people who come to the New Media Summit to pitch us. So we actually do our own event, right, yeah. where we bring in 40 top podcasters and we give 150 attendees the opportunity to pitch the podcasters on who they are and what they do, and they literally get booked on the spot. So we prioritize people who come to the summit for those available slots, and so do the other podcasters who we invite to the summit to to book guests, right? So our situation is a little bit unique because we have an event that's specifically dedicated to finding guests for our shows. Now, a typical podcaster... I will tell you that there's probably no better, faster, easier way to get onto their radar if you really want to be on their show than to invest in one of their products, programs, or services. If you really want to develop a relationship with that person, most of them have offerings, right? Whether it's an online course or uh, an online mastermind or even an in-person mastermind or or in-person events, those sort of things. It's pretty hard-pressed to stay off of their radar when you stroke somebody a check and you're with them for three days, twice a year, every year, right? Something like that. So just depends on to what degree you want to take it. Yes, yeah. So then getting in front of them, if we think then the next step after that is probably then transitioning to then the ask. So if now we've engaged and, you know, we've shown them that 
we're adding some value and interested or, you know, we're a paying client. Do you have some suggestions on, yeah, how you then make that transition to the ask? Yeah, it becomes a matter of really understanding. Uh, in, in the United States, we have a guy who has his TV show and other things going on. His name is Dr. Phil. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Phil or not. All right. So one of the things that Dr. Phil talks about quite frequently is currency, right? And not in terms of money, but currency in terms of what's most important to someone at that particular point in time. So most podcasters or influencers or whatever it is that you want to call them are going to have different types of currency throughout the year. So maybe at one point of the year, that currency is, I want to raise money for my nonprofit. And so I've got an event and and I want to raise money for my nonprofit. Maybe another point during the year, it's I want to get my book onto the New York Times list. So I want to sell as many books as possible. Maybe, you know, maybe they have a, a live event and they want to get butts and seats and they want to attract, you know, awesome people to that event. Maybe they have a product launch, uh, like an online course that they're launching and they want people to enroll in that course, right? So it's really just a matter of understanding what their currency is, so to speak, at that particular point in time and doing whatever you can do to support them in the pursuit of whatever that currency goal is. And, and believe me, they'll, they'll remember that. You know, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that they'll say yes to being on the show. But again, it just boils down to the fact that you're putting them first. And if you put them first, and even more importantly, if you put their audience first, in terms of making it really clear the value add that you bring to the table for their audience, you're going to have a, a much higher conversion rate of people saying yes. And if you just simply go in with your, you know, with your resume going, hey, look at all the cool stuff I did. Yes. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And you build up that little bit of that law of reciprocity as well. And someone mm-hmm. goes, yeah, okay, this, this guy's happy to help and in return want to help them as well. So then if we think in terms of the currency, then we kind of move to, is there anything we can do to stack the deck? So when we do make the suggestion or say, hey, we could be a guest or is there anything that we do prior to making that ask? Like I know some people set up little podcast guest pages on their site, which talks mm-hmm. about topics and things like that. Do you have any suggestions on how they best prepare so they look like a good guest? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly part of it. You mentioned the profiting from podcast training earlier. I mean, the first three modules is broken down into nine modules, three phases. The first three modules, the first phase of the course is all about positioning because you, you have to position yourself as that go-to expert in whatever your, your niche is. I mean, that requires you and our way of thinking to have a really good media one sheet. Right, one piece of paper that encapsulates who you are and what you do and the, uh, the value that you bring to the table. But also it articulates the value that you bring to the table from the standpoint of what the audience will realize. Let's just call it the benefits for the audience tied into very specific pitches, very specific hooks that gets their attention so that they can understand how they can plug you into the equation. Right, because you want to make it as kind of brain dead simple as you possibly can for them and say, here are the topics I cover, here's what it is that we'll be talking about, here's the value add for the audience and why you want to have me on the show talking about this. So a media one sheet is certainly a, at bare minimum something that you should put together. I would also say to your point, yeah, I mean, have a, a page on your site, especially if you've if you've been on other shows. 
right? And even if it's mainstream media, you know, ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, whatever it is, those are the types of credibility points that you want to include on that type of page so that when a producer or a host goes to do some research about you, they can see that they're not going to be the first ones to go. Nobody really wants to go first. I mean, I think that's kind of the bottom line. But if you have the logos of podcasts that you've been on, and, and even if you have links to those interviews, or if you've been on mainstream media, having a a media page uh, goes a long way towards making folks feel comfortable that they're not going first and that you'll actually be decent. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the biggest thing with a lot of that prep work and positioning kind of helps to de-risk you as a a guest for them and and (laughs) their likelihood that they're going to have some success. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other things? So I, I think that you can do. I mean, we talked about the the media the one page sort of media sheet, and then let's say a page on your site. Are there any other things that you think you should try and assemble prior to then? You know, at this point, I feel like you've really stacked the deck in your favour. You've you picked the right person. You've you've started to engage. You've found some level of currency. If if you can add some value, you've now starting yeah. to get all of your assets in place. If there are any other assets, and then I'm assuming we're getting probably close to then how you frame the ask or, or the suggestion. Yeah, I mean, look, the most important thing really, and didn't even touch on this yet, but I mean, it's the pitch itself. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you could have all of the best materials in the world, but if you don't get their attention through a really pithy hook, my friend Sam Horn has something that she calls the eyebrow test. And basically what that means is, can you get someone to kind of raise their eyebrows and go, hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more about that, right? So does your pitch pass the eyebrow test? And more often than not, the answer is no. And, and I will tell you that nothing will, will get the door closed on you faster than having a, a pitch that fails to raise people's eyebrows. Well, what are the key, I suppose, hooks or things or components then of making that pitch? And is that... How is it delivered and, and what are the, the pieces to that pitch that mm-hmm. help to connect it? It can work a number of different ways. One of my favorite, let's just say we're doing an email pitch to someone. One of my favorite ways to get someone's attention and pass that eyebrow test, if you're doing it by email and maybe you don't have a great relationship with them, but you're looking to get on their radar, is to reference a past episode. So let's just use an example of a subject line here that, that could get you in the door. You could say something like, in episode 236, you got it all wrong. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm, okay, that's, that's interesting. That, that might be an email that I opened up. Why? Because it does a number of things. Number one, it shows that you've actually listened to the show. And what's our currency as podcasters? It's ratings, it's reviews, it's subscribes, it's downloads. So that checks one of the things off the box, which is actually shows them that you've, you've listened. So that checks off the box of, it being downloaded. And the fact that you're saying, I got it wrong in episode 236, well, now you're saying you may have a contrarian opinion, you may have a contrarian point of view. So if I covered a particular subject, and you know, look, I, I mean, with very rare exception, all of us have done something or are similar to someone else. There are unique elements of, of what we've done and things that have happened in our lives that make our own stories unique. But in terms of the work that you do, very few people are doing something so unbelievably unique that no one else is doing it. So what does that mean? Well, it means that the odds of them covering the same topic more than once, you know, is pretty good. 
they may come back and revisit a topic that they really enjoy. So you got it all along in episode 236. So you start out with the pitch and something like, you know, hey, Steve, just wanted to let you know, you know, I took a listen to episode 236 and I think you got it all wrong. Your guest talked about X. Well, here's my take on X. So it doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be lengthy. Obviously, you want it to be really pithy, but you want to demonstrate out of the gate that you've listened, that you bring a unique, different perspective to the table. And you would then follow that up with something like, look, you know, I'm dead serious about sharing my perspective on your show. I'd love to be a guest. Matter of fact, I'm a huge fan of your show. Here's a copy of the five-star review that I left for your show, right? So here's a screenshot of the five-star review that I left for your show. So that shows that you rated it, you reviewed it. So now we check off a couple more boxes. And of course, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a subscriber to your show. I've been a subscriber for over you know, three years and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So now we've checked all the boxes, yeah. unique perspective, and it's really cut and dry. It's really pithy, but it gets their attention. And if it's much longer than four or five sentences, you're going to have a tough time keeping people's attention anyway. So show them why you're different. Show them you've listened. Show them you've rated and reviewed and subscribed to the show. And tell me you invite a conversation and you love to share more of your perspective. Yeah. I think what I like most about that, even the subject uh, headline, you think about what each step is trying to achieve. The, the headline tries to get them to open the email. There's enough curiosity there that someone wants to go, well, I don't want to be wrong. I want to see, see at least what he's got. Right. To say. And then you kind of get in and the way that you built it, each sentence kind of led you to read the next thing. So rather than opening with, hey, I want to be a podcast guest, you first then, well, you're, you're linking to what you said in the headline, but then you're also kind of leading down. Okay, well, now I've got it wrong. There's another perspective here. So I think the the order, were, like it, it makes sense why that would connect very well, especially after you've ticked all of the other boxes. Yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it works every time and you're not going to get on every show that you want. I mean, I'd still like to be on Joe Rogan's show and he hasn't sent out the invite yet. But then again, I haven't sent him that pitch yet either. So maybe I should be doing that. But, you know, reality is at least you can stack the cards a little bit more in your favor and any competitive advantage that, that you can get is going to be worth it. I mean, even if you increase your ratio from one out of 10 to one out of nine, great. You just got booked on another show you wouldn't have gotten booked on. Yeah. And I find this particular method, you've got the almost like the spray and pray method where people are just firing out loads of emails, but often times you'll find one very well selected podcast could outperform, you know, a hundred or 10 average podcasts just by that one show. So by being very particular about the people that you're looking to engage with, it, it kind of makes sense. It's not always just about. Yeah. I'd actually spin it the other way too. From the standpoint of what I have found is that oftentimes the smaller shows are even better to get onto. And you're better off getting onto smaller shows that have a really loyal audience. And it's an exact fit for who you are and what you do and what you teach and how you help people than more of the spray and pray type show where mm-hmm. if you look at you know, a show like Joe Rogan, if I'm on there talking about profiting from podcasts, there's a lot of people who don't give a darn. But on this, you know, having this conversation with you, you know, I'm going to assume just because it's a, it's a pull medium, right, in terms of people are only listening to what they want to listen to. Whereas with Joe Rogan, he's got so many subscribers, people listen to every episode, they don't care who's on. But in this case, it's a pull medium, truly a pull medium, because people who are listening to this episode, this interview, 
they're saying 100%. I want to hear this. Yes. So I've got almost a, a 100% chance of converting someone who's listening into a potential lead, into a potential conversation, into a potential customer. Whereas on, on Joe Rogan's show, and yes, obviously the numbers are much bigger, maybe I've got a one in a thousand chance of having that sort of conversation. At the end of the day, are the numbers going to be the same more or less? Who knows? But don't underestimate the power of smaller shows. Because oftentimes those smaller shows have much more loyal audiences and they take action when the host says, hey, you know, go check out David's book. Go check out David's summit. Go check out, right? Like this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the bigger shows, the hit percentage, if you will, may not even hold a candle to that. So don't discount the power of the smaller shows is my point. Yes, yeah, makes perfect sense. So once you you start to get that engagement back, you, you've kind of made your pitch. Is there any suggestions around either the, the follow-up, if there is much of a follow-up, or some of them that will connect straight away? And they'll go, yeah, look, I can kind of see it. I've got a show opening later in the year and, you know, book yourself here. Do you have any thoughts on how to handle if that doesn't happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, look, obviously, the as we know in, in business of any shape or form, uh, the you know the funding's in the follow up, right? I mean, that's that's where you're going to find that's where you're going to find the dollars. And and reality is, if you get booked off of a single email, you're doing amazingly well. So should you continually hit them time and time and time again? No, not without an understanding that you may actually burn that bridge, right? I mean, if you're okay with the fact that you might burn that bridge, uh, then hit them as many times as you want. But obviously, you got to be respectful of their time and respectful of their inbox. But, you know, look, I I will tell you from personal experience that with very rare exception, a cold email pitch is going to fall on deaf ears. It's just the nature of the beast. I mean, especially as podcasting grows in popularity and people really beginning to understand and warm up to the fact that yeah, being a, a guest on a show is extremely valuable. Even on smaller shows, it's extremely valuable. It's getting tougher and tougher to cut through all that clutter and break through that noise. Yeah. And then the follow-up can be continuing the earlier steps in the process, almost like a loop back around, continue to find currency, continue to engage in content that they're putting out there and communicate and share. And then when, when the next opportunity comes up, then go for that pitch again. So that makes sense. That is almost a little bit of a, a cycle. As far as like either preparing for the show or then being on the show itself, do you have any suggestions on then, let's say it does get booked, what are some things that someone can do to really make sure that they are an awesome guest, that they deliver, um, present themselves well and, and make it possible, I suppose, for people to find out more about them? Yeah. So we created a course that does exactly that. <laughs> it's like, it's like how, right, how much time do we have here? But I'll, I'll give you some really high-level tips, yeah. right? So, so on a high level, just understand that there's really only five ways to, to really be a great guest, right? I mean, you're either going to be super entertaining and people are just going to find you to be super funny and they're just going to be like, oh, man, I love this person. I want to learn more about this person. You could be teaching, right? So you could be teaching something that goes in depth, like kind of what I'm doing here, right? In terms of how to profit from podcasts. So you could be a subject matter expert and, you know, really teach on a subject. And then a typical structure for that is, you know, hey, if you'd like 
or me, or if you'd like my team and I to show you how you can incorporate podcasting into your business and profit from podcasting, reach out for me and let's set up a 15 minute call, right? Like, I mean, just demonstrate that expertise without being overly salesy and just saying, you know, I know I can help you profit from podcasts, generate more visibility. If you want me to do that for you, you know, let's chat, right? So you can always do it that way. Give away your best stuff, you know, really just add a lot of value for the audience, right? So you can, you can teach. Of course, you can do things more like where you can be more of a challenging guest, where you can bring a really contrarian type of view and have this, you know, really interesting dialogue. You kind of set that line in the sand and you go, you know, you're either with me or you're against me. And if you're with me, then, you know, join my Facebook group here, right? And this is, you know, this is where we have this kind of conversation, right? And there's other strategies as well, but you just have to be clear when you're a guest on a show, which core strategy you're really leveraging and stick to that. I mean, there's going to be some gray area, of course, some crossover. But at the end of the day, you really do want to pick a particular lane and be really clear on why you're appearing on that show and what you want the outcome to be. And, And if you do that, you'll start to see some pretty good results. Yeah, yeah. And then towards the end, and I mean, it's probably coming into perfect timing here, then thinking around sort of that close as far as you mentioned about, you know, a 15 minute call or something like that, or or just thinking about what that, that next step is. Is there any tips around how to make a very easy offer for someone to take that jump? Because, because that's part of it. Like you want to get on the show and deliver your expertise and then have someone go, Hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. I want to find out more. So again, it just depends on your business, your structure, what your core goal, core objective is for for that appearance. So for me, my goal, whenever I'm on a show, is to move people out of this ecosystem and into mine, right? And the easiest way to do that is by putting forth an offer that is of really high value that costs nothing for the recipient to receive. So in other words, getting people onto our email list, that's step one. Because if we can get people onto our email list, then we can indoctrinate them into our world so they know who we are, how we can help them, what we're about, connect with me more on a personal level. And when the time is right, to then put in front of them relevant offerings, relevant products, programs, services, et cetera. So I'm not, although I teach this quite extensively, and we have a lot of students that are very successful with this, I'm never going to come onto a show and say, hey, let's let's set up a a 15-minute strategy session to talk about this and how you can apply this, whatever this is, to your business or your life. But that's a really powerful call to action for us. It's always going to be something that's going to further the conversation. In other words, so right now we're talking about profiting from podcasts. So if I turned around and I said, hey, go grab a free copy of my book, What Is Your What? Discover the one amazing thing you're born to do. We give away the whole book at whatisyourwhat.com. Like that doesn't really further the conversation, right? Because mm-hmm. we've been talking about profiting from podcasts. But if I turn around and I say, you know, we'd love for you to grab a free copy of the ultimate directory of podcasters and get detailed contact info, including the email addresses of 670 top podcasters at myultimatedirectory.com. It furthers the conversation. It's free for me to deliver because it's an e-publication. It's free for you to receive. And it's a brain dead, simple yes. So whatever you put forth, you want to make sure that it's of such high value that people don't mind and actually are happy to, you know, put their name and email address there to get it right? Because if the ultimate directory contained contact information for 12 podcasters, you might be like, yeah, I don't know if I want to provide my name and email to get that. 
But since it's 670 podcasters, you're like, eh, okay, fine. You can unsubscribe at any time. You know that. But again, when you put something forth, especially if it's to bounce them from one ecosystem into yours, I think it just has to meet those three criteria. And, and I know it has to meet those three criteria. And if it does, you're going to see some pretty good response rates. Yeah, perfect. So we've got to do that, that recap around getting clear on the target audience and then starting to engage as far as consume the content, build up some currency, get to the point there when you, when you can go ahead and make the outreach and then also then have some sort of process to do some follow-up. And then once you get the call booked and, and you're on the show, then making sure that obviously you, you deliver the real value, making sure that you can embed in those call to actions like you were talking about it. But again, it's yeah. all about delivering the value because everybody wants to feel like they're, they're here to get something from the call towards the end. And it's funny, it just so happens your process here is almost like a perfect arc for what we've been doing as far as recording this session. So I think mm-hmm. the tail end, I don't know if there are any final points or or it's probably worth mentioning, you know, that URL again where people can head over to grab the, the directory. Yeah, for sure. And, and so when you think about what we've covered here in this conversation and you listening right now, the audience, I mean, you'd have to make your own determination in terms of whether or not you think I've been overly salesy. I hope I have not been. I hope that I've delivered enough value where you're like, yeah, you know, I got a lot out of this. I took a lot of notes and I could really see applying this and can be really helpful. But in the same token, I certainly have mentioned things. I mean, we, we talked about the book, What Is Your What? And I talked about going to whatisyourwhat.com to get that, right? We talked about the New Media Summit, right? And coming there and, and pitching top podcasters. I've talked about the Ultimate Directory and so on. And so, you know, the point being that you can, you can still have a meaningful dialogue with the person interviewing you and still get to your desired objective without having to be blatant about it. And like you said, I mean, you know, it's, it's seeding, it's, it's having that discussion, it's, it's following that arc, so to speak. But if you at this point, if I haven't developed enough rapport with you, it doesn't matter what URL I give to you or what I suggest that you do here. If by this point, I haven't demonstrated that I am a subject matter expert, if I haven't demonstrated that I have value that I can bring to the table for you and your business, no matter what the URL is that I give to you, you're not going to care. As a matter of fact, you're probably not even listening right now. So this is irrelevant because you probably stopped listening a long time ago. But assuming you're still here, then, you know, that arc in an interview, I believe, can work really, really well. And I hope that what you've noticed more than anything else uh, is that David and I really had a conversation. I mean, there, there were a couple of periods of time there where maybe I spoke for a minute, but probably not much more than that. And just remember when you're in this situation, especially if you're going to get booked on shows, you know, that you are in a, in a dialogue, right? It is a monologue for some, and those people don't get invited back. So if you just keep in mind that it's a, that it's a dialogue and you're in a conversation and you really want your audience to kind of be a, like a fly on the wall, so to speak, and be able to glean and benefit from that conversation, you'll do really well as a guest on shows. And so, yeah, David, I mean, again, I'm happy to share that. And the ultimate directory of podcasters, we do give away the whole thing for free. So if you go to my ultimate directory.com, you can, well, read the first five pages, because we tell you in the first five there, not to reach out for any of them until you're ready. And we show you how to get ready. But yeah, it's detailed contact information for 670 leading podcasters, including their email addresses. 
Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to put a, a link beneath the session as well. And a big thank out, thank you to you, Steve. Definitely a true professional and everybody should go grab that and then make podcasting uh, part of their strategy, whether it's to run your own podcast, which is another area that Steve can talk about, or if it's to be as a guest, e- either way, podcasts are a hugely growing medium at the moment. And we're seeing a lot of businesses. And even I think just recently, I saw a lot of stats around money getting moved into the podcasting space by VCs. And we're seeing oh, yeah. people like Spotify really go all in on it. So it's I, I think we're just at that sort of early level. So it's definitely worth investing some time to find out more about. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Thanks again, Steve. And uh, we'll talk soon. Appreciate you having me. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now. 